soon as I opened up the door, you could feel this like dark energy just went out the door. All the candles like blew out. And um, after that, yeah, you, you felt the difference in the energy. Welcome to another episode of Your Ghost Stories. As you may know, we've been somewhat quiet these past few weeks, so thanks for waiting patiently for the next episode. This week, it's just me again as Jamie's away on holiday. All right for some, eh? Before we dive into the show, be sure to check out our socials, including our new website, yourghoststoriespodcast.com. Also, below this episode, in the description, there'll be a link where you can help support the show and buy us a coffee as a small gesture to keep the show ad-free. So sit back, get comfortable, hit those lights and enjoy the show. Your ghost stories. Your ghost stories. This week's special guest all the way from the States is Reverend Dr. Paul G. Meckes from the Conscious Radio Network. He is a duly ordained minister, metaphysician, medium and a healer with many titles under his name. With almost 30 years of academic studies and research under his belt, we give you a warm welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's, uh, it's an honor. As you already know, here at Your Ghost Stories, we're all about the unexplained and things that go bump in the night. So before we delve into the subject of the unexplained for our listeners at home, could you tell us a bit about yourself and how you come to do what you do? This is, seems like something that I was born into. I don't know. It just, uh, I've always explained, you know, always experienced a lot of bumps in the night. And um, now being the only child, you know, no siblings, you know, growing up with any siblings, it's uh, you become your own best friend. You have a wild imagination, you know, you don't. Who are you playing with? You, oh, wait, playing with, you know, the Legos on the floor or something like that. You have a really wild imagination. And I think and I feel that allows um, time for uh, a young child, especially the only child, to kind of awaken, you know, um, to allow the, the brain to open up and allow the spiritual body to kind of expand and um, not only uh, opening up creativity, but communication with um with the other side or other sides and um i would say that i've explained i and the thing is is i don't remember i don't remember having a um an imaginary friend i just remembered just having fun with my um uh, the inner mind the uh, the yeah, the higher self, so to speak. It was like I was always active, kind of, you know, the imagination always going. And some of the ideas, some of the things that I created growing up, um, it's like, wow, where did that come from? So, yeah. But um, as I got older, I um, started uh, started seeing things, started experiencing things, and, um, seeing seeing uh, figures, you know, in your peripheral vision and um, seeing some apparitions with uh, one of my uh, uh, stepsister at the time. And um, we never really spent, you know, time together. She never lived with us. And um, we saw, saw an apparition walking down the road and it was like disappeared. And I went, oh, what's that? Um, and the 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 moment that really comes to uh comes to my memory the very first one that really stands out was this is just before my high school time i i'd say it was probably say about 12 13 years 12 or 13 years old well no maybe a little older than that 15 16 years old and um i'd say it was the sun is the sun went down it's dark 
I'm getting ready for bed to go, you know, go to school the next morning. And um, out in the living room, my uh, stepfather's sleeping on the couch. Out. He's just out cold. And, um, and um, my mom's already asleep. She's like, she's already in bed. And uh, we have a dog in the house. And um, I'm in the bathroom. Got the door closed. I'm brushing my teeth. And there's a window off to the side next to the tub. Really small. It's probably about maybe that wide. And um, here's a little windy outside. And um, I hear, I hear a, uh, I hear a knock on the window. And I look over. And I'm like, oh, what is that? Oh. At first, I thought, you know, maybe my mom took the, took the dog out for a walk. She's knocking on the window to get my attention. Hey, look at this. Um, but I'm like, okay. And then I hear another knock. I open up the window. I'm looking out. I'm like, nothing out. What? And I, you know, ask, you know, call for my mom. Ma, are you out there? Um, nothing. Don't see nothing. Don't see the dog. Nothing. And um, it's a little cool. It's a little windy, breezy. And I close the window back down. And just before I turn around to head back to the sink toward and also where the door is, there's a knock on the, there's a knock on the door. I'm like, hold on. I'll be right out thinking, okay, it's my mom. And uh, I open up the door. Nobody's there. And this is only just seconds later, like, you know, not like a minute went by is just second, just moments. Open up the door. There's nobody there. And I'm looking straight out into the living room. Dad's still sitting on the couch sleeping. So I'm like, okay, where's my mom? So I'm looking for, and I'm like, okay, okay. So I head towards across the living room towards the master bedroom. My mom's still sleeping. Who was that? <laughs> Who was trying to get my attention? There was clearly, clearly something else trying to get my attention that night. Yeah, so you was the only one awake in the house at that time. Yep. Wow. Yep. So <laughs> when you when you come to the realization that your stepdad and your mom were both asleep. Did you instantly get a feeling of dread or fear or or like the realization that something out of this world has just happened? For like a couple seconds, I was when I saw her when I knew exactly what was going on, what the scenario was, I was like, oh. And then for some reason, I don't, I've always been like this. It, 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 it's weird. It's maybe it's not weird. I don't know. It's never frightened me. It's, I first get that, that instant hint of astonishment and going, oh, now I know what it is. Uh, I didn't really, but it's like, I recognized it as something paranormal i recognized it as some sort of a spirit trying to get my attention but obviously i didn't feel any negative energy i didn't feel any negativeness you know any malevolent force or anything it just it was like something that was just trying to get my attention trying to play a game something like that i recognized it for what it was even though i was that young 14 15 years old it didn't really bother me and it never really has, even to this day. It's just, it's like, it's almost natural to me, anything paranormal. Um, and as I got older, that's probably why I was like, you know, something, maybe I need to dig into this a little bit more. <laughs> so that, that's, that's, um, that is a great outlook to have. Um, just talking from my own sort of like experience, like, I first, you know, experienced something when I was about, must have been about four or five. And I just felt, I felt terrified. Not that 
something wanted to hurt me, but I just felt terrified. Um, and then jump forward years. Uh, I was, uh, I was in my front and I was, I was in college. So I must've been about 16. I was in the front room. It's been about gone midnight. I was playing my guitar really quietly through the amp, really quietly, not to wake everyone up really quietly, but I always would have the TV on, but I'd turn the volume down to zero. I think it's like probably because I'm a millennial, we need something yeah, in the background yeah. <laughs> and, uh, for comfort, I suppose. I was the only one awake, and then when I was finished what I was doing, um, I turned the TV off, go to walk out of the room, and the TV turned itself back on. And then I pick it up, pick the remote up, turn it off, go to walk out of the room, and it'll turn on again. It done this about three times, and I said, please just stay off. I was really tired, so I was a bit perplexed by it. I was like, well, is, is the remote broken or something but um i think that was something just just trying to let me know that um something was there and i think that's quite comforting comforting for rather than jump into that um level of fear because you know i I suppose when you are in a level of uh fear you become like a really sort of heightened and more susceptible to um things and let your imagination run wild um so to speak but um yeah so is is that where it sort of uh really first started to sort of uh evolve yeah it was like i don't um as if what i've learned through through life since then you know within metaphysics and now working with psychic mediums all over the world and other professionals and you know from religious to spiritual and stuff like that i've kind of learned that you know not to get off topic but it is kind of on topic yes especially metaphysical is you know when it comes to relating this life to some of my past lives through you know past life regression and 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 some of the work that i you know have been doing realizing that this lifetime is more of you know i i i've had so much history in spiritual work working with spirit and in mediumship not only in this lifeline lifetime but past lifetimes so none of this stuff kind of phases me um it's a good thing but it's a bad thing because sometimes it's like do you is there going to be a point where where I get desensitized and there's something that's going to happen that I'm not going to really pay attention to where what I, when I should be afraid of something, don't know. Um, but I feel that, you know, I mean, we all have spirit guides out there. We all have angels out there. We all have ancestors out there that are always, always looking over us. And as long as you recognize that they're there and that you ask for their assistance and guidance, you should be protected all the time. And um, I feel that I have been protected throughout my lifetime here in this lifetime, you know, through, you know, um, a lot of my ancestors that have passed since and um, spirit guides. So, um, I feel that fear is a good thing when you're a paranormal investigator or that you're working with spirit or you're trying to learn mediumship um, and also have that faith in the background, have that, have that faith, whether you're Catholic or Buddhist or Muslim or, you know, or whatever, always have that, that faith there. And because that's a protection. Um, but when things do go bump in the night and things start playing out, like you mentioned that the TV was going on and off, um, I feel that those are signs. They're, they're things that, you know, spirits can control. Sometimes it can get quite taxing on them to try to control it because they're now trying to cross they have to lower their vibrational energy in order to 
mess with things down here and, and try even manifesting and even trying to contact us or speak to us. They have to lower their vibration um, to do that. And um, if they have to, if they're going out of their way to do that, there's something very important that they got to tell us or try to give us hints on. So I feel that um, when people get these signs, you know, TV going on and off, radio going on and off, a piece of mail I got in the in the mail that uh, I spoke about just before yep. we before we went on the air, and I could touch base on that. These little synchronicities. Some people call them coincidences. Um, I think coincidence is thrown out a lot more nowadays than than the word uh, synchronicity. And it's more of a synchronicity that there are little things, there are little tidbits and bites of information that they throw at us to get our attention, um, to wake up and, and start asking and, and becoming aware because they're puzzle pieces, they're breadcrumbs leading us into a direction or a path that they're trying to lay out for us. And, um, happens to all of us happens to all of us some people say it doesn't but those are the people i feel that don't recognize those things they're caught in the human reality they're caught in the theater of um, the human experience on a day-to-day -day basis with things such as um synchronicities um it's one of those things that you've got to open your mind to and become sort of aware of it. like as when I started to, cause I've, I'd heard people, uh, a few friends or I might've heard it on a podcast talk about synchronicities. So then I start sort of like looking, well, what is synchronicities? And I start looking into it. I might have got a bit overloaded with um, when people say, if you see numbers being repeated and those numbers mean a certain thing and I thought a bit too much info, you know, information overload. But um, I definitely do have those moments where um, I feel like something is screaming at me for my attention, and it's it's uh, <laughs> it almost becomes funny because if you, the hard like the hard like when you try to ignore it, the more obvious it stands out, and um, and I don't mean in things of because nowadays we have as you say like technology, you know you've got the Facebook, uh, Instagram, and whatnot, which are constantly listening to us and pushing things in front of us which we may think oh is that a synchronicity when it could just be a advertisement for you to buy the latest new shoes or something <laughs> but i so i tend to if, if there are any signs uh, i try to um or anything that i think is repeating and trying to tell me something I try to steer away from um as i say the social media and look all for things in day-to-day -day life which are sort of like screaming out for attention yeah yeah um i'll give you a couple um couple instances where when when it comes to the work that i do as a medium um when spirit knocks and you have to answer so to speak um is Normally they'll either, normally I'll either hear them, but most of the time, most of the time it's a thought. It's, um, uh, uh, claircognition and they'll, and it's a thought that's just like really random, like, boom, you got to get this done. And it's a combination of hearing it and, and, and kind of somewhat seeing it too. It's, it's like a, a trifecta of, is like, I'm seeing it. I'm hearing it and I'm feeling it instantly. And, but then when it becomes repetitive, like, Hey, you got to do this. Hey, you got to do this. Come on, go ahead, go ahead. Come on, make you pick up the phone, give them a call. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, last hurricane season here in Florida. Um, you know, I, I never had, I have two big oak trees on my property. And since I lived on a property, I never had them cut professionally by an arborist and 
um, spirit was like, you need to get those trimmed quick. And they're just saying, you, you have to get them cut now. Get them, call somebody now and get them cut. <laughs> just do it. And I just kept hearing it for like almost two to three days straight. It's like when I wake up in the morning, boom, I'm like, okay, okay. By the end of that weekend, I think it was like, like on a Friday or something like that, got out of work and I, I got onto the website and started looking for arborists in the area. And I plugged it and three of them contacted me and I picked the, the best bid that came out. You know, the I think that next week and trimmed both of them. And uh, <clears throat> guess what happened one week later? A hurricane came out i wouldn't say it came out of nowhere but it, it it wasn't foreseen the week that i got the trees trimmed nobody knew the hurricane was coming it was just like yeah. where'd i come from and it was it was pretty powerful so um <laughs> so and i it was like at that at that time it's like spirit was going yeah i told you so <laughs> told you told you i'm like Okay. <laughs> yeah, in one aspect, I, I, I kind of would, um, I'll gladly welcome something like that in my life because sometimes I feel like I, I need direction and, uh, you know, just a little nudge in the right direction. But most of my life, uh, well, very recently, it, it feels like I'm just sort of um, aimlessly wandering around. I'm just sort of doing the same thing day in day out. Nothing is grabbing me and telling me you know go in this direction so i would i personally would would welcome that yeah. but um as we said earlier we we're talking about you being a medium um what does that entail you know as i've never personally been to visit a medium and what comes to my mind when i think about medium mediums is the scene in the film Ghost with uh, Patrick Swayze and Whoopi Goldberg where she's sat at the table and she's been swamped by all these ghosts left, right and centre. Uh, I think I think it was a long time ago yeah. that I saw that, but I think they're like taking turns trying to jump into her body. Um, but I say, is that just a Hollywood dramatisation or are they sort of uh, accurate or sort of like half on the money with uh, with that sort of, um, sort of uh, yeah, scene? Yeah, it's uh that they definitely over dramatize that. Um and it's the pseudo reality of it. Um now there's there's different modalities when it comes to mediumship. There's a lot of different modalities of mediumship. Now, um most people are are familiar with with the gift or that work um of a psychic and you know either going to get a you know tarot card reading or a palm reading um sitting down with the crystal ball um and when they title when these uh, practitioners title themselves as a psychic um what a psychic is is somebody who picks up on the energy and works off the energy um and can see and kind of do a reading through your energy and sometimes we'll see things and, and, and kind of recognize things and, you know, and symbols and start, you know, giving you a reading that way and using divination tools such as tarot cards, you know, and scrying through the crystal ball. That's most common. And uh, Whoopi Goldberg character in that movie was a psychic um, from what I remember. Now, a medium is sort of like a psychic it's basically a medium is a psychic but a psychic is not a medium the difference between the two is a medium is a conduit a person who is a direct conduit to the other side um and it's kind of like that medium is like basically picking up the phone and contacting a particular spirit or spirits and having a direct conversation with them through their um, physical faculties and, and sensories, you know, by either seeing, hearing, feeling, touching, smelling, um, and using their senses uh, to be able to establish that connection of, of contact and communication with, uh, with the other side. Um, 
all mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. Um, so if somebody, now there's people out there that'll title themselves psychic medium. But if you're a medium, <laughs> you're already psychic. <laughs> but if you're psychic, you may not always be a medium. And it also depends on the work that you're doing. You could be going, you could be doing a reading, you know, a psychic could be, or a medium could be doing a reading on somebody, but not necessarily yeah. connecting to spirit and using the divination tools and working with the energy of the person that they're sitting with and doing psychic work, but not there as a medium. That kind of gives, you know, that's kind of like a little roundabout idea of, of the two and, and the work and that type of modality. Um, now, the different modalities of mediumship, um, most people are familiar with uh, psychometry. And psychometry is somebody, and now that's a, that's a psychic tool, is picking up on the energy. Um, and that's where a medium kind of uses the psychic energy off of uh, an item. Like, for instance, you know, this remote control. Or let's, let's get more specific. Uh, this pen. You know, say I was came into the office and this pen was laying down on the counter and someone left it and you know, or it was a crime scene. Oh, you know, the guy left it on the table. The criminal left it on the table and now we gotta find him. <laughs> was that his really was that really his pen? Eh, don't know. So we bring in a psychic or a medium. They pick up the pen and they do a reading on it. They take the energy from this inanimate object and pull the energy from it because we leave we leave our energy behind everywhere we go we got you know our you know if you keep if you keep crystals or rocks in your pocket or something like that or jewelry jewelry is most common jewelry is very easy to read um through mediumship and psychometry uh, to pick up on on energy um which is why i don't really I like going to antique shops, but when it comes <laughs> but when it comes to picking up stuff and doing readings off, I'm like, nope, I don't nope, nope. You can do a reading, but don't take it home with you. <laughs> um, so um and that's one type of modality. Um and tarot is another type of modality. Pendulum using the pendulum. Um Tea readings. Tea readings is actually pretty popular in Europe. Um, ancient. It's an ancient art. Um, is uh, using the tea leaves, having someone drink the cup and then have them cup and turn the cup upside down, and then uh, they put their energy on it, and then the, the sitter key, uh, turns the cup up, and then the medium or the psychic looks into the cup and does a reading. J.K. Rowling. Um, very cleverly included that into um her series of uh harry potter um very clever yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah the, the different modalities i mean there's so many different ways and a lot of ancient some of them are new um i mean for instance like the tarot card I mean, tarot card tarot cards have been around for a long 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 time and there's so many different types out there i mean everybody's familiar with the uh you know, the Rider weight deck, you know, familiar with the old fashioned Rider weight deck. And, um, and now they've got, um, Oracle cards with different, different types of theming to them, you know, ascended masters or elves or fairies, um, you know, uh, star seed type ones. Uh, but the regular playing deck, Believe it or not, a lot of people aren't well. Are not well. Everybody's familiar with the graph. There we go. There we go. Okay. Well, this is an interesting deck, but this is the regular playing card deck. You know, Jack. Um, sometimes I'll use these too, um, and use several different card decks to do readings. And this is actually pretty helpful because certain numbers will pop up that are associated with certain things of the energy of the person or their direction, past, present, future, and um, can also be helpful. And a lot of psychics too um, are mediums, but they sometimes like to use 
the word psychic because I don't know people. It, I guess it's more, it's more catchy. <laughs> yes, it's a it's a bit of a hip word, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm a psychic. Oh, yeah. really? All right. Yeah. Someone says I'm a medium. I'm like, okay. So were you a large or were you a small? What, <laughs> De- definitely, <laughs> definitely draws you in. Myself says, you know, yeah. I'm a psychic. Yeah. As long as not, as long as they're not a psycho. <laughs> exactly. Um, but all these, yeah, different modalities when it comes to you know uh, using a cards or using pendulum. You know, most people are familiar with using pendulums and stuff like that, or dowsing rods and stuff like that. I feel those are tools to unlock the energy and help open up the energy and, and, and let it move and let it flow and let actually stir the pot, so to speak, is what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and it kind of opens up the gateway and the channels and opens up the veil um, for communication with the other side. So, um, but um, I, f- I feel that uh, science is actually getting closer and closer and closer to defining certain ways and reasons of how these systems work um and it's actually not new um we've been um the scientific exploration of the paranormal and and psychic phenomenon has been around for centuries um for those who might be familiar with uh emmanuel swedenberg 16 okay he wrote um he wrote a lot of memoirs and books and, and information studying psychic phenomenon um and also the paranormal and um most people especially in the UK are are familiar with the SDR um I usually get this every month the journal for uh, psychical research which is actually based out of London um they've been around for a long 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 time I think over a hundred years, I believe. Yes, yeah, I think was it in the um I think it was quite big, like read ins and, and stuff in the say the Victorian late Victorian times, like late eighteen hundreds or so. Yeah. So if I can remember oh, this just going off the top of my head. But um one question I do have about um like the tarot cards, because I have mm. seen people um we all know that people talk a lot of waffle anyway you know someone's always th- thinks they know something so then all of a sudden it's like you know oh i heard this or something but i ha- i have heard sort of people saying that um the use of uh tarot cards and that is associated with um like demonic or the occult or, or something negative so to speak um but I don't know whether that is just a just a way of people trying to stop people from uh, using tools to uh, expand their consciousness to kind of scare them into behaving how they want them to behave. For instance, um, I mean, I don't advocate and tell anyone to do these things, but they've been in our um, in our human history for a very very long time. Like our ancestors used to take substances such, such as psycho um ayahuasca um and um magic mushrooms and i can't remember what it's called Psilos- that's it psilocybin as, as a tool to um reach the other side so you know i as i say that old conspiracy of um we don't want people's uh, minds to be too expanded because then we won't be able, they will see through our plans and we won't be able to control them and make them pay taxes <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, it's a, a lot of this has been demonized, no pun intended. Um it's been taboo in a lot of um you know a lot of a lot of the newer spiritual or newer religions, special especially Christianity. It's always been taboo. Um and not and, and always recognized as demonic the demonic arts or the dark arts. Um, but that's a way to, to lock the psyche down to a power of control. Um, but the use of these tools too, um, and the use of these different crafts and modalities is it's all, it's all based on the intent. If somebody has evil wishes and malevolent, um, intentions towards somebody or something and they're, and is using this, this stuff. 
yeah, it you're going to bring bad energy. Like energy attracts like energy. And um, similar like the Ouija board. I mean, I've 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 seen people use it and not have issues, and then I've seen other people use it and hell breaks loose. Um, and it's all about intent, belief, and intent. Belief is the most powerful energy in the universe. If you believe something, because we are creative beings, sentient creative beings, psychically and spiritually. The power of belief can change and move mountains. Crazy. Um, people don't believe it. Or, well, they don't, people don't see it and don't recognize it. But as I see people believe things that are truly not there, but they think they're there. It's part of the, it becomes their reality. And when they believe it so much, it does become the reality. And sometimes I wouldn't say it becomes contagious but um it, it can become it and actually manifest into reality and other people can actually will, will pick up and actually start to experience it as well so yeah yeah d definitely um i can get that especially if we think back to uh, ancient times i mean i know there's us humans we have a big ego and we like to think that we know everything but I think we don't, but there's many um, sort of past, um, I'm going to call it, I suppose you call it like faith or religion, you know, the ones that had many different gods. And uh, was it a case of that strong belief system that almost brought them into existence? They sort of willed them into their own sort of reality. You know, it's, um, I mean, I really get fascinated by this like subject of um, manifestation. I would, mm. <laughs> if only I could um, harness the power of um, manifesting the things in life to sort of, uh, I suppose, help me achieve my goals. Because I know, I know that everything I need is locked up within me, but it's yeah. it's finding the keys and your own, my own sort of like, or our own self destructs sort of like um processes can get in the way of that so you know the whole um is it imposter syndrome you know like whereas i know i know i'm a good musician i know it but there's always a voice at the back of my head that says that i'm crap you know you're, you're rubbish you're rubbish you just just stop it you know don't don't try and achieve anything because you know you're just gonna fail and it's really hard to sort of um block those out so um <laughs> definitely being surrounded by like-minded uh, individuals who are more uplifting and who are on that path i think yeah. is, is a is the way that we should, all should go you know um many and cases yeah and surrounding yourself with people friends associates or colleagues that are are successful yes and yeah. have made it and are that are closer to you of making it you know the more you associate yourself like for instance, you know, everybody says, you know, one of the best, best, uh, wise words that I've I've heard, and I keep hearing. My dad always told me this, but I keep hearing it all the time. Is, for instance, if you want to be a millionaire, or you want to know how to be a millionaire, know one, talk to one, become friends with one, ask them, hang out with them. <laughs> <laughs> And get to know them and learn the tricks. Yeah. Because they'll tell you. It's not like your competition. Come on. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, yeah, you, um, you become the association that you keep. If you associate yourself with successful people, you'll be associated as a successful person. Yeah. You'll start to emulate that energy and become part of that energy um and you never know they might hire you yeah. <laughs> hey want to be my roadie <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, many many great people out there they sort of have this sort of like um attractive energy in a form of like uh it's almost like a, a vibrational form and it just sort of like 
when you can sense that we've all been around some we just really like being around them we we feel better about ourselves when we're around them and i always see that as a person who is like of a higher sort of um vibration but um going back to when we were talking about um mediums and using the tools to sort of uh, cross over to the other side are there certain sort of unwritten rules which are in place like because as you were saying earlier about um when spirits want to communicate with us they have to lower their vibrational um energies is that is that like a limitation and they they themselves have rules that they have to follow so they don't just wander into our world aimlessly and tell us the tomorrow night's uh, lottery numbers yeah <laughs> yeah um well this is where the dynamics come in is um there's so many different planes of existence there's so many different dimensions there's so many different spheres of the spirit world different vibrations of the spirit world there's lower vibrations even some lower than ours um within our reality of the third dimension um and then there's you know there's other different spheres that are even higher and higher and higher and higher um some don't have to lower that much the ones that we want to associate ourselves with are the ones that you know are now the the god type self one that's way up there that's where you know altered states of meditation and and real good meditation to and structuring our our psychology and our physiology to be able to raise our vibration to meet kind of meet them in the middle so to speak because we also the spiritualists the yogis the buddha the you know jesus um you know all the messiahs out there and the spiritualists and gurus um that's what they did they got into a, a deep state of medita meditation to raise their vibration kind of separate themselves from the body in altered states and to raise their vibration in order to be able to meet in the middle depending on who it is that they don't want to get that information from um now like our not necessarily our spirit guides but it could be some of our spirit guides ancestors you know your great grandmother your great grandfather that may have passed you know years ago i wouldn't say they're that far up in a higher a higher frequency but they are definitely above or around or on the other side but piercing that veil we definitely have to kind of shift our vibration too if we're willing to if we can get into a re routine to do that um then yeah we we uh are able to do that now as far as rules um I'd say you you would have to have a specific, you know, what one is what is your intention? Um, what is your intention in order to start that communication? You know, what is that intent? Why is it that you want to do this? You want to do it because of health reasons? You want to get into meditation to for better health? Um, or are you practicing this meditation to um, heighten your skills and and become a medium. In my in my opinion, everybody is a medium. Everybody is a psychic. We've just were born into this world and convinced we weren't that we don't have this skill that ghosts don't exist. That's your imagination. Um. So we need to retrain our brain. We need to retrain our psyche. We need to retrain this instrument. And know how it works how how is our physiology how is our body able to communicate am i better better at hearing them am i better at feeling them am i better at you know um clairvoyance actually seeing the images that they're giving me and that that's where kind of going in as a a student medium and trying to train your body go to school and kind of learn a, there is a decorum for it too. There is a decorum for mediumship. Um, the Morris Pratt here in the United States teaches it, and the Arthur Findlay College there in the UK teaches the decorum of mediumship and learning the modalities. And I would say, yeah, there there are rules because 
the the intention, the purpose of of this work of communicating with spirit is one first you have to learn your own boundaries and set your own rules meaning that if you open up that door they're just going to keep knocking they're going to keep waking you up in the middle of the night going hey i i want you to talk to so-and-so across the street something's going to happen i can you you know the doors the office is closed for the day come back four o'clock tomorrow evening or something like that you know it, that's ha- this happens to a friend of mine all the time. Okay. It's like, gee. So I said, you've got to set rules down. You know, here's here are the office rules. Here's the office time. <laughs> you know, and and you put that out there. You you take your power back and say, hey, these are the rules. And spirit will, the good ones, the good ones, the good ones that mean well, the ones that you want to work with, um, will obey those because they depending on how long they were out of body, I wouldn't say they forgot what it was like to be in body, but when you're in, when you're out of body for so long, because of course over there, it's probably maybe 15 minutes, 15 minutes, which is probably like <clears throat> 10 years to us. Um, sometimes they kind of forget, you know, they're like, man, you know, I do have to eat and sleep. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so you got to set those rules for them and say, Here's the times, yes, no, something like that. And you have to establish the way you're going to establish contact with them and for them to communicate with you. Um, and like I said, the intention, once you get the, once you have what a particular, what, what it is that you're going to communicate, what it is that you're going to open up that door um, and es- establishing that. Um, as far as because through through mediumship too is you're also um trying to not only set these boundaries but learning learning the boundaries as the intentions like uh, for like mantras is you you want to establish specific things like hey um i this work that I do is only for the highest and best intention and meaning the highest and best, meaning it's only for good and always having that in the back of your mind that it's only for good. It's only for the benevolent energies to come through. And when you start to know who your spirit guides are and, and who it is that you're, you're mainly working with, um, the gatekeeper, so to speak, the ones that normally are kind of like they'll sit there in the back, but they're they're there guarding the veil to make sure you know, the the evil ones don't come in and start playing games. Um, and um, they'll make sure that you know everything is for the highest and best. Um, and that's where I tell people, you know, if they be careful what you play with. Um, you know, uh, we were talking about like the Ouija board and stuff. Um, where I brought that up, and you know, it's used a lot of it's used as a game, and it's unfortunate that it was turned into a game. Yes, a yeah. And we hear all these stories of you know people using it for not the right reasons. You know, they're they're either you know they've been drinking a lot, so they're inebriated or really drunk and obviously right then and there boom your your mind is not working correctly you've got these mischievous intentions already going through your mind if you're already on you know if you're already on alcohol yes um that's going to open up a doorway the like energy attracts like energy and that is one of the that's one of the principles in mediumship is like attracts like if you have mischievous and you know um unintended wishes or malevolent wishes towards something and that and using that energy when you're tapping in and trying to connect to spirit 
they're going to get the spirits that are within that same frequency that are mischievous and are not there for the really, really good reasons. Yeah. Um, so, but, um, yeah. And some of the rules too, the basic rule is do no harm. You know, um, it's to, it's to do no harm. You're there to help. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the way I, I try to go through life. Um, anyway, um, you know, that's my core sort of like one of my core principles is, uh, to do no harm. Like I don't wish anyone harm. You know, I'm only human. I, I get angry when, um, someone cuts me up or, you know, <laughs> someone does something to sort of like hurt me. But, um, I always try, you know, well, oh wait, I do you know, have that thought process of, you know, do no harm because like anything, as they say, hate breeds hate. If yeah. I, if someone wrongs you and then you retaliate by wronging them, you're only causing the cycles you're, you know, and what, what better way when, when someone's been an absolute ass or nasty to you, you do the unexpected and thank them because yeah. people don't know how to handle it. It's like if someone is, um, someone is out someone is screaming and shouting at you because uh you you know you you accidentally cut them up you just say to them you know well you're not invited to my birthday party you're a meanie and people (laughs) they just don't know how to react and they end up like what and they end up laughing and then once they laugh that is the end of uh that's the end of the conflict because really (laughs) you really want to get somebody's attention of somebody that pisses you off and they intend to piss you off. That's the thing. For people who really want to piss you off or cut you up, and you know they intended to do it, the best one of two things, the best things to do to really throw them off, to really throw their wheel off, is to do one of two things. One, say, do you need a hug? Or say, I love you too. <laughs> yeah. Do one of those two things, and they'll just give you, they'll look at you like, and they'll either walk away, or if you're lucky, They'll give you a hug. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might try that one day when when uh, when when someone's uh, someone's when I've crossed paths with someone. <laughs> yeah. But um, as with uh, our show, uh, your ghost stories, we're usually about the um, we play on and really get, go on the side of uh, I suppose of like that entertaining aspect of uh, a bit of fright, you know, you know, there's always like, oh, why do we go on roller coasters? We go on roller coasters because we love a bit of a thrill, a bit of a scare. And I think that's what um, one aspect is what drew me in, especially with the things like horror films and uh, things like that. But um, where I was going with this was this conversation has been the like complete opposite side of uh, the paranormal and uh, the the unexplained, which again it's a good thing because you can't you can't always stay one sided and just oh well, I just want to listen to something that scares me. I just, you know, if you really truly want to get a bigger understanding of the world and these things that happen, it's it's good to keep a sort of open mind. But uh, with that, in, as I say, with that in mind, and if you don't mind, are there any stories you can tell us where the um, you've actually managed to really help someone um, in terms of like either advert disaster or something that just really changed someone's life for the better. Yeah. Quite a, it was a, um, an exorcism. Um, It wasn't the exorcism that we're all familiar with, like uh, Hollywood ones and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. The exorcist, they're actually remaking that movie. Did you know that? Um, No, I didn't know. Yeah, I was like, whoa, okay, that's scary. <laughs> I, I, I did see it in theatre, actually. I, I saw it at a theatre show, and I wasn't sure what we was expecting. And I tell you what, I thought it was just as terrifying. Uh, like, I mean, the film's old now, um, and when I first watched it, I thought it was quite, you know, I, I laughed a bit because of the acting. But when I when I went to the theatre and, and saw, like, the dramatised play, they had uh, Sir Ian McKellen, doing it's really really clever actually they had him doing the voice of um i suppose the devil or, or wherever it was and 
it was all pre-recorded. He wasn't there. It was all pre-recorded. So they were all acting to um, this like pre-recorded. It was it was absolutely amazing. But again, it was absolutely terrifying. I've never experienced anything like it. I was I was really sucked into it, and um, it was a, yeah, it was a surreal experience. And uh, you know, I did get my money's worth because okay, <laughs> I did get entertained and scared, but. Um, yeah. yeah sorry i mean that was completely i didn't mean to sort of like uh run you off sort of like course there, no, but, um, no. yeah i segue into the the yes. uh sort of real exorcism so it yeah. wasn't really like that but it it was an exorcism um because people relate exorcisms to that type of thing is we're trying to exercise a demon because somebody's possessed but there's two types of demonic things that can happen there's a possession and then there's oppression. Um, this is more. This is more like uh, an oppression, where um, this entity attached itself to um, the male. I'm not going to give any names and stuff like That's that. That's fine. That's fine. So to speak. But this happened locally, um, and this was at the 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 mid beginning stages of my in my student mediumship classes. I had already had my doctorate at the time and I was just like, yeah, you know, let me, let me learn mediumship and kind of move forward and stuff. So the pastor of the church was like, um, I had originally got the call through, um, um, at the time I had a Claremont paranormal investigation group and, um, I had gotten the email from, uh, this woman and she's like, I, I seriously think there's something in, in the house. And it's attacking, attacking my, uh, my boyfriend and, um, I'd like to have an investigation. So like, all right, um, you, we went to the cottage, I guess it's like a cottage slash, um, cabin out in the middle of nowhere, out in the woods somewhere that was spooky in and of itself. And so we go there and. First, I, I I set up the whole in basic investigation. Get all the credibilities. Get all the information. Get all of the of what's what is going on. What's been experienced, and then turn that over. Actually, I don't turn that over. I you know I bring some mediums in because now I have all the information. I can't go in as a medium. Um, I I bring the mediums in to see what they pick up. I don't give them any information. Is that no. is that because uh, of a a form of like being biased. Yeah, yeah. You you start to get these preconceived notions. If you if you're like, yeah, I saw the devil in the bathroom upstairs. If you tell the medium that, they're go, they're going to expect it. They're going to be like, they're they're now going to start looking for it. Oh, so um, but to make a long story short, is um, there was an entity there, a male entity, um, that had some haste and some judgments and some was, I would say evil, but yeah, he, he, he was not friendly. This guy was just downright evil and his energy attached itself to the male figure in the house and was creating all kinds of stuff, you know, stuff moving from here to there. Um, the energy in the house just started doing weird things. Um, they started seeing this entity going from, you know, point A to point B. Um, and just, just, just the energy in the house, you could feel it. It's just really, ugh, just very eerie. And so after the investigation, we realized that, uh, it was one, one of, wasn't the owners, but it was one of the tenants that was living there many years ago. Um, and this, the investigation happened over a course of a two weekends. Um, so um, we did some blessings, did blessings of the house, um, and did um, um, you know some candles, some crystals, and um, we did a, what they call a table tipping seance. And um, with uh, the mediums and the, the pastor of the church to actually contact them contact them and actually have a conversation with the entities um, um, that are creating all this craziness. And um, at the end of this, we, we gave this entity the option. We're like, 
first was, we were like, you need to go. This is not the place for you anymore. We need to show them to the light, show them to the other side. Um, and at first they were like, no, oh, uh, they were kind of being a little hasty about it. And uh, until we realized, you know, until we made them realize that, hello, this is, this is not the plane of existence. You're stuck here. And one, once they understood that, then they let go, so to speak. And um, I felt it. They were doing, we were doing the clearing in the living room and something happened. Um, from what, from what I remember was I was standing on, I was standing on the other side of the pastor and suddenly he's like, I needed to go open up the door, open up the, open up the front door. I was standing next to the front door. Um, and in the back door, it was literally goes right through like the living room and on the other side of the, of the kitchen. So I opened up the front door and I kind of edged myself around the pastor between him and the back wall where the kitchen, kitchen wall was. And as soon as I headed for the door, I felt like the pressure in the room started, started to like get really like, almost like you're in a barometric pressure chamber or something like that. This field is weird. I'm like, what? As soon as I opened up the door, you can feel this like dark energy just went out the door. All the candles like blew out and it's like, whoa. <laughs> and um, after that, yeah, you, you felt the difference in the energy. You felt the change. Um, and it was at that right perfect time where it was like, you just left and you, everybody felt it. It's like, wow. Um, so yeah, that was an, it wasn't, it was an exorcism, but you're exercising the property and not the person relieving them from the oppression that that entity had on him. So, so in one aspect, um, you help the people, the living, those people there with this unwanted negative energy to leave their home. And do you think it helps that, um, so let's say trapped spirit to move on and, where do you think that they sort of ended up? <laughs> do they just go off to a path to be judged or is it they just um, go out there into the world and they end up elsewhere and trying to do the same thing, you know, or, or they finally become at rest? I figure, I figure they probably went to go and actually meet up with their family, you know, their, their family, their, their, their friends, you know, people that they spent their, their life with or lifetime. Cause sometimes when we cross, when I would say sometimes when we always cross over, we'll never, none of us will ever get out of this alive. <laughs> and, um, man, we, we cross over. We're not only going to see the people that we spent our lives with in this lifetime, we'll meet the people that we spent lifetimes with, um, and others. So, um, but, um, yeah, it's, and life is, life is very short. I've learned this for some spirits. They're like, they're like, you better. And that's one thing I keep getting from spirits too. It's like, uh, it's like one of the hint words, the wise, they're like, you always want to tell the living, take advantage of your life, take advantage of your life. It is very, very, very short. And you will not realize it until it's too late. Life is too short um, from my own experiences with uh, family members, but also um, realization of being stuck in the, the rat race, as they say. You know, you've got to go to work to earn a living to pay the bills. And, you know, I get to a point where I'm like, why, why am I just going to work to do the same thing? over and over again just to pay the bills to, <laughs> to scrimp by to do the same thing again and i think you know i should be out there experiencing things but i just see it as this is part of my uh my journey in life and 
I won't be stuck here forever. I know that it'll get to a point where life will change because it does. I've noticed that for many periods, it feels like it's very sort of like stale, stays the same for a bit. And then something big happens and I'm just on a different path and I've got no two ways about it. It's like I'm going that way, uh, whether I like it or not. There's a level of us that are that are afraid of change or not only change, but we're afraid of um, success. Yeah. And um, I'm guilty of it. Everybody's guilty of it. And you know, I get this a lot too from spirit is if you want to succeed, if you want to do something different, do it. Don't wait. Don't put, don't put the things that you love to do or want to do off. Do it. Do it now. Do it tomorrow. Don't wait. You know, and if you, you know, and a lot of people overthink certain things. They go, well, how? How am I going to do it? How am I going to do this? Just do it. <laughs> worry about it. I get that a lot. Don't. Then they always tell me, don't worry about it. Just do it. It's like how? They're like, don't worry. We'll guide you. Think the puzzle pieces will come together in a perfect time. Just how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Just start with step one. You already know what you want to do. Okay. First thing to do is think about it. Be emotional about it. And then you're good. Your ghost stories. Your ghost stories. So as we wrap up this evening, I just want to thank you so much for joining us tonight, Paul, and giving us a fantastic insight into the subject of the paranormal. For our listeners at home, where can they find your channel uh, to hear more about you? Go to www.consciousradionetwork.com and you can find us on YouTube at Conscious Radio Network.